Welcome, welcome, guys. We are back for another episode of The Lock-In. I'm David Lappin, coming to you for the first time from the office of my new apartment. Um, I will be praying throughout this piece that the internet holds. I haven't tested it out yet. Joining me, as usual, is the now three-time, may I say record three-time, GPI Global Award-nominated podcaster, Dara O'Kearney. Dara, welcome. Thank you, David. It's delighted to be here as the only three-time... Oh, no, no, there's another one. It's me. It's me. Um, we haven't recorded a lock-in for almost uh, a month. Catch me up on what you've been doing. I'm going to guess uh, a dozen live caches, 14 articles, 50 coaching sessions, a new book, and you probably started a new podcast as well, have you? Yeah, I got only inundated with coaching. Obviously, when I go away, I tell all my students, no coaching for the next two weeks or whatever, and then they all come to me the, the day I'm back and say, can we do a session tomorrow? So it takes, uh, it takes a while to sort of catch up with everybody um and i actually have taken on some new students recently as well i have more students now than i've ever had so the coaching is taking up more and more of the time myself and barry have actually been piling on as well working on not one but two two books at the same time um and we're actually doing these a lot faster than the previous ones so uh that's taken quite a bit of time and um live poker obviously we had the uh dublin poker festival the two showpiece events of which were it started off with a cop um the so-called amateur championship of poker although the, the word amateur in the title apparently doesn't mean anything uh andy black won this a few years ago uh we were told when it was sponsored by unibet to play it um this was the first year i ever played it where people were actually questioning my presence there um but but i i had actually checked with the organizers and yeah there's like not only is there no uh preclusion on professionals playing but they actually encourage it so um but it might be the last time i play it because yeah <laughs> are any of us professional really like it's very hard to pin that down well, uh shout out to colette, colette murphy smurf uh great character and she, she 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 gave a very uh great and passionate defense of me on on facebook that i wasn't a professional um but she but she did it very diplomatically. She pointed out all the other stuff that I do. And and because I make so much money from the other stuff, I can't be said to be a full-time professional anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, like as I said, I probably won't play it again next year because I mean if people genuinely do feel that the professionals shouldn't be playing, irrespective of what the organizers think, um, then obviously you're going to respect that. Um, I did end up min cashing that and also had the had, had the incredible pleasure of dogging Andy Black to bubble him. Um um, I, I, I just, of course, myself and Andy had a great time at the table, but uh, we do, we have been, we've had a lot of back and forth recently over this uh, supposed debate that was going to happen, GTO versus White Magic. So uh, I think that just decided for all time that GTO uh, beats White Magic. Uh, the other, at the end of the festival, then we had the, uh, the, uh, the, the European Deep Stack, which of course is a tournament that's very fond in my memory. Um, I was the first ever winner back in 2008 in my first ever big live tournament. Um, I sort of announced myself on the scene. The following year, Jason Tompkins announced himself on the scene uh, when he chopped it uh, with uh, Wally McCormack. And down the years, a lot of uh, sort of top Irish players have actually added their name to the winner's roster. Carl Shine won it a few years ago as well. And, uh, and the latest one. Uh, and I think everybody in Irish book was delighted to see this was uh, Tommy Gelazunas, who, despite the name, is as Irish as they come, um, Dublin born and bred. I first met Tommy 15 years ago in uh, the Westbury in Malahide. He he was known as Tommy G back then. Um, I guess people had trouble with the Gelazunas. Uh, I actually thought he might have been related to Big Mick G, 
because himself and Big McGee used to go everywhere together. And I thought maybe they're cousins or something. Um, but uh, Tommy has been one of Ireland's top online players for the last decade and a half. Uh, he won a scoop or a W scoop. I can't remember which. He's absolutely crushed online for 15 years. He's always really wanted that big live score. It's always eluded him. He went deep. He last two tables of the Irish Open last year. We thought maybe that might be finally his breakout, but it turned out that that was just a warm up for this, the deep stack. Um, so a great win for him. Yeah, great to see that result. And actually, speaking of the uh, GTO versus White Magic, uh, we must invite that Andy Blackfella on the show. We, we haven't had him on since season one. We must get him back on to maybe have a chat about uh, topics of that nature. Maybe a, a good segment for the other show. This week, we are joined by a great friend of the show, it must be said. He's been on the chip race three or four times, and this is his second visit to the lock-in. Last time, he was wearing his uh, WSOP star hat. This time, he's wearing his GPI cap. He is media bohemian poker Twitter legend, the great and good Kevin Mathers. Kevin, welcome to the show. How do you guys? And as always, I'm honored to be on the program. And I should I should break out. I, I'm also I'm I'm a two time uh well, I'm a I'm, I'm a one time global poker award winner and a one time American poker awards winner. So I got it looks I like have, you got six of them behind you there, Kevin. I don't know. You want to, might want to recount them. <laughs> well, uh, those I'm just throwing out. Those I'm just throwing out for uh, for for the rest of the winners. Ah, very good. Yeah, for Jane you know, since since uh, it most some several expect that she'll win the uh, her her award for the third time, or you know, she may win a fourth. So, indeed, indeed. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, we are of course going to get to the GPI Global Poker Award shortly, but the first story I wanted to cover this week is that of Dara and my VSO news colleague John Pill, great writer, who posed the question: Is Eric Person? poker's biggest whale well before we get any hate mail i want to be clear that john draws no ultimate conclusions in his piece but he does point to quite a few shall we say uh optimistic creative lines from person on various poker shows the bigger one being that hand from no gamble no future last week that broke the record i believe for biggest televised hand ever uh, in the $1.978 million pot person got it in with a queen high flush draw on the turn, drawing dead, unfortunately, for him to Antonius's paired ace with the ace high flush draw. Outside of Boger person owns Maverick Gaming, a company that operates 27 casinos across three states. Kevin, in the past, we've seen high stakes games online and live actually built around players like Cirque du Soleil owner Gila Liberté. Do you think we are witnessing a similar thing with Person? Yeah, I would definitely see. I mean, we could also, you know, even though he, he never appeared on a stream, you know, Andy Beale was definitely someone. He's he may be the maybe the ultimate whale uh, still, even though you know we have this uh, almost two million dollar pop with uh, Eric Person. But yeah, it, it definitely it definitely appears that way. And he and Eric definitely doesn't mind, you know, being appearing as the whale. You know, he's. He's he's willing to put it to his mind where his mouth is. Yeah, he sure is. And also, actually, I, I suppose I, I I sort of told it incorrectly there because I said the games are built around. He actually builds the game around himself. He sort of helps organize a lot of these games. So he's uh, he, he's he's not just doing the work of the whale. He's doing the work of the game runner as well, bringing himself to the show. Dara Person is undoubtedly attractive to programs like No Gamble, No Future, because he is, to borrow John's expression from the piece, charismatically obnoxious. Um, we've talked in the past about the mixed blessing of people like this on poker TV. It clearly excites and interests some people, but it does put off others. 
Yeah, there's always a danger when we talk about poker and, and we talk about the people that we believe attracted p- uh, people to poker that we're sort of uh, using a confirmation bias that certain type of personality will attract other type of people to poker, but maybe repulse others. And as a result, uh, but we'll never know about those people because they're just not in poker. They're not going around saying, I, I, I find this really objectionable and, that, and, and that's why I'm not in poker. You know, that may be one of the reasons, for example, why women have consistently been underrepresented in poker. The way in which poker is sold is sort of like a, an alpha male uh, dick swinging contest between fairly obnoxious characters just 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 might not be very appealing uh, to the average woman or they might not think that that's something that they want to get involved in. Um, I mean, I mean, so that said, I, I I do have a lot of time for person. The fact that he's willing to take on this role and, um, you know, as you said, like not just be the whale, but build, but 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 do the work of uh, of, of building the games around him. Um, that's a very good thing, and it does create uh, a lot of interest. And you know, he's obviously an extremely successful man in his own right. That's something which is often missed. Whales, which which is generally used as a derogatory term in poker, I mean, they're the real winners in life because they're the guys who can play two million pots, and it makes no difference to them if they lose. They can do they can do whatever the hell they like at the poker table. They don't have to worry about whether it's solver approved or plus EV or any or, or any of that stuff. It's not going to make any difference at all to their life. So, uh, so 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 they're they're the real winners essentially in poker, um, in the sense that they're in poker, not that they win at poker, but 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 they're the guys who. Who, who just get to play it for fun and get whatever they want out of it. Absolutely, they sure are. Well, check out that article on Vegas Lots Online if you do get the opportunity. It is a very good article. John Pill, recently required, uh, recently acquired author um, that we got for the site. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's going to give us a run for our money, I think, Dara. He's one of the best out there. Oh yeah, I've been a big fan of John. I, I actually had the good fortune sitting beside our editor, Tony Bateson, um, at the at the Dublin Poker Festival in, in, the, in the last side event and we had a chat about John I told him that uh, John was probably the writer in poker I'd, I admired most over the last year or so just just his general approach his writing chops um, so yeah it is great to have him a teammate even if it means uh, he's likely to keep to be competing for that coveted number one spot that you and I have been swapping for the last year <laughs> well from one VSL article to another uh, Dara last week you published a piece entitled Oh my God, it's Jason Tompkins and his new poker tour. Uh, that tour is, of course, the Action Poker Tour, or APT. Many consider talented poker pro and former guest of this show, Jason Tompkins, to be the best holding player in Ireland over the last 10 or 15 years. We're certainly amongst those who put him and his achievements right up there. Final tables in WSOP, EPT, WPT events. He's also final table at the UK IPT. Three European deep stacks final tables, as I recall. And he has Scoop, W Coop, T Coop, and I think an F Coop, FT as well. Darren probably left a few out there, but maybe you can fill, fill, fill in the uh, gaps in a moment. Jason is now launching his own poker tour, the APT, with the launch event taking place on March 24th and 25th. We shall actually be interviewing Jason on the next show to chat more about it and how he got sponsorship from WPT Global for his fledgling tour. Jason Dara, uh, Dara, Jason says he wants his tour to help poker thrive in Ireland with fair reg fees and rate. Can you tell us more about that and whether you think the tour will make a splash in the Irish market? Yeah, obviously Irish live poker is thriving at the moment um post pandemic there's a huge demand it is mostly at the lower buy-in level um but there have been signs that there's an appetite for more you know we had a bigger tournament down in cork for example um not 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 so long ago and that did very well so 
but but a kind of a nagging concern for a lot of players maybe more professions than recreations because maybe recreations don't worry too much about reg fee but reg fees have kind of been steadily creeping up i mean you probably remember that 10 15 years ago when we were starting uh if a if a tournament organizer put a 15 percent reg fee people 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 cried foul now sort of 20 to 25 percent when you take in all the hidden charges like uh uh, dealers fees etc ha- has become fairly standard now there are legitimate business reasons for that um for example uh, organizers have to pay VAT now which they didn't have to back then uh obviously labor costs have also risen in ireland um from sort of you know the post collapse uh low point to sort of uh it's not exactly celtic tiger ireland but it is booming ireland right now um with with high costs so I have a certain amount of sympathy for organizers on that front, but Jason is determined to try and reintroduce uh, lower reg fees, lower rake and cash games. And that's going to be one of the unique selling points of this tour. Another thing which will be different, for example, from the wildly successful Irish poker tour, uh, which has done an amazing job also revitalizing uh, grassroots uh, poker in Ireland is uh, just slower structures in general. IPTs are typically events that get five or 600 runners they're done in a day. Uh, you can't play from 600 down to one with with with, with having a good slow structure. They, they do the best they can. Um, it's 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 slow enough at the start that recreations aren't going to bust super fast, and they at least have an experience. But then it gets the the unfortunate downside to that is from you know 30, 40 players left or whatever you've average stack of six to eight big blinds. Uh, kind of all the way. Um, Jason wants to sort of a, a return to old-fashioned values of slower structures. Uh, you know, he's 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 pitching it in the three hundred buy-in, which will probably get about two hundred runners. It's going to be a two-day structure, so playing from two hundred down to one allows you a much better structure over two days than five or six hundred down to one over one day. Yeah, very good. I, I think it is a, a really cool thing to see. I, I wish Jason, obviously, all the best uh, with finding his own little spot in the market with all of this. Um, at the beginning, or actually before we started rolling the tape here, I suggested to Kev Matt that there was one story that he might know a lot about because it was a, a fairly new story, fairly uh, Irish story that maybe uh, hadn't uh, made its way across. But I forgot who I was dealing with. Uh, Kevin Mathers knows everything about every bit of poker going on under every rock uh, on the planet. So, uh, Kevin, you actually were aware of this one. And I'm interested to know when you hear about a story like uh, a new poker tour trying to make its mark, you know, admittedly in a country where poker is booming right now. So maybe there's a feeling that, you know, there's room for even more. But what do you think when you see these new ones pop up? Do they face a, a very severe uphill challenge against some of the big established players? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, like like Dara said, you know, the Irish Power Tour has been doing very well over the last year or so, you know, after after uh, lockdown. And, you know, it is, it is always good to see more power tournaments out there, and especially with Jason, you know, he's trying to get less, you know, trying to get lower rate, lower fees, and, you know, a better experience for the players, which which is always good, you know, the the more options that are available to players, the better, I think. And, you know, we sort of see it here in, you know, in the U.S. You know, we've got several uh, poker tour. You know, we've got the Mid-States Poker Tour. We've got, you know, Run Good, obviously, you know, the multi-time Global Poker Awards where we've got the WSP Circuit, which has the brand name. And it's, and, you know, we see, and, you know, there's other, you know, there's other stops at, well, it's not exactly a tour. There's definitely, they, they have several series a year that are going on. And, uh, like I said, more, more, more poker, you know, to paraphrase, paraphrase um, more poker is better. 
for sure. Yeah. It sure is. Well, look, speaking of more poker, uh, let's get to these GPI awards on March 3rd. That's this coming Friday, hosted by Jeff Platt. The fourth GPI Global Poker Awards will be broadcast live on Poker Go from the Poker Go studio at Aria in Las Vegas. A few weeks ago, the 29 categories were revealed, the winners of four of which are, are already known. One big winner we know will be Stephen Song, who's already locked up his two awards, Player of the Year and Mid Mid-Major Player of the Year. Um, he's also nominated in two further categories. There are also seven double nominees by my counting, Espen Jorstadt, Alejandro Lococu, better known as Papo MC, Jamie Kerstetter, Caitlin Comiskey, Ethan Rampage-Yao, Daniel Legrano and Marley Cordero. There's also a triple nominee in James Hartigan. Other prizes already known are Stevie Chidwick, who won the Poker Go Tour Player of the Year. I believe that gets given out at this as well. And Ladies Player of the Year, of course, uh, Cheris Andrews, who pipped our good pal, uh, Angel Jordison, down the final straight. Before we get to sort of like maybe predictions and the fun side of it and picking our winners and picking our favourites and celebrating who's great, uh, I do want to maybe, you know, pick at a couple of, issues with the awards the first one is an american bias or north american bias um the vast majority of live poker was in the us in 2021 so it was somewhat understandable that they dominated last year's awards that's simply not the case in 2022 last year 53 out of 68 of the awards 78 percent of the nominees uh, of the 17 panel voted categories were North American. But this year, when, as I said, I think it's a little bit different, 55 of the 60, so it's up to 81% are either Canadian or American. Kevin, is this something that Eric and the team are conscious of and trying to address? Uh, yes, definitely. I, it'd probably be better for Eric to speak on this himself. But yes, I. it would be better if there was more, if there was more of an international um, the, the nomination of spread more internationally. And, you know, I mean, like last, you know, last year, uh, our uh, band's choice winner was from us from Japan, uh, Masano, you know, uh, Masato. And, uh, you know, I think we, we you know, we, we're, we're definitely, you know, Eric is definitely trying to get more people who, uh, when we do, when we discuss nominations, he's definitely trying to reach more people outside the U.S. You know, sometimes some people just don't, you know, they send out nominations and sometimes they, you know, they, they, they select, you know, people in the United States. It would be better if maybe... Um, it would, it may be, you know, it would be better if there was, if there was more international representation, but, you know, Eric is, Eric and, and the rest of the yeah, rest of us are definitely, definitely want to see, um, we doesn't, we don't want to see a North American, uh, the huge, the large North American bias that we've seen in previous years. Yeah, there are just 10 European nominees this year and more worryingly, maybe there are just four from the rest of the world, Thailand's. Punak Punsri, Argentina's Alejandro Lococo and Mariano Grandoli's vlogger, uh, and Australia's Tim Duckworth, who's one third of the Poker Go podcast team. Dara, as bad as the representation uh, from the Euros is, it's arguably more worrying that the rest of the world is barely represented at all. Yeah, no. Two South Americans, one Asian and one Aussie there. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, I, I, I think what's maybe being missed is just how much poker is actually booming outside of uh, Europe and North America. Um, you know, in places like Brazil, Japan, Korea, et cetera, et cetera, China too. Um, and the fact that the Japanese gentleman won uh, the, the the award last year, which was voted for by people, which means actually his supporters uh, were the ones who got him that award. That If, if anything, that just underlines it. Um, I mean, I know from dealing with translators on our book, for example, uh, we uh, Japan is actually a huge market now. 
Uh, our books have just been translated into Japan, and we, we, we were very surprised by the demand there for, for, for poker books and poker content in general. And I think that's something which maybe the Anglo-centric world is missing. Uh, it, it, it might not just be a geographical thing. It might be just a language thing. You know, uh, poker, for example, is massive in France. Um, some of the some of the most watched poker content comes out of France. And yet we never seem to think about that because it's only French people or, Fra or Francophones who watch it. Um, so I think that's part of an issue, too, just uh, the, the, the language difficulty. Um, I, I presume the way to address that is just to change the voting panel. And I know Eric is obviously trying to that. I mean, trying to do that. Eric reached out to us to try and uh, get get more Europeans to vote. But we clearly need more uh, non-European, non-Americans in the mix as well if, if we're going to redress the, the, the balance. I think there is another issue, too, in that. Um, the GPI, I guess, defines poker as primarily as live poker. Um, and I mean, it's fair to say that in terms of live poker, yeah, uh, Europe and America dominates. But, you know, online poker is actually a much bigger market in terms of numbers and even money than uh, live poker. So um, but it's it's difficult to address that because a lot, a lot of online poker is certainly, you know, nobody knows who the who the big winners are. Uh, there's not the same. Uh, I mean, obviously the scoops and W coops and spring poker championships, etc. But there's not the same clear delineation of big events, um, so it's it's more difficult to uh, police. You know, maybe we need a separate online poker awards. Hmm, good point. Um, in my article about the GPI awards, actually, that I wrote last week and this week, uh, I said, um, I, well, I did a sort of a zoom out if you like, tr try to look at the awards. Uh, they've been going for four years. Um, as a whole. And if you zoom out and look at the 266 award nominations that have been handed out over the four years, 199 have gone to North Americans, so basically 75%. 48 have gone to Europeans, so 18%, and just 19 to the rest of the world, just 7%. With this in mind, it's very clear that the Americans are not just already a dominant force, but they're actually creepingly getting bigger in the uh, representation as well. With this in mind and the trend towards, you know, almost disappearing rest of the worlders, um, is there maybe, Kevin, a strong case to be made for bringing back European awards or other um, continent awards? Or, like, I know the GPI obviously have global in the name and it's very important them to bring poker all together for one celebratory night. But if it's not really doing that, if it's not really bringing everyone together for that night, should it be just separated out? Like, I'm sure if there were European awards, the French would be very well represented in loads of categories. Dara and I would, you know, maybe get nominated a few more times, and we'd love that, like, for example. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of tough for me to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, as a, as a GPR employee, you know, it's, it, I mean, I don't want to speak for Eric, obviously. I think, I mean, it, it's possible. Maybe it would be better. It would be nice to, as part of Global Poker Wars, maybe have something separate for European, that's separate for European or outside U.S. Um, to can recognize. We, can, can, we, can we not have to travel to Vegas to collect them if they, if they do happen <laughs> as well? That'd be handy because it's quite an expensive flight. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, postage is, is ex shipping is expensive as well. Um, <laughs> the you and Dara Dar the awards. I mean, you know, it, <laughs> I, think, I think it would be, um, yeah, I, I, you know, maybe it would be a, a better, you know, maybe if, if, but again, I don't think, I'm not sure if we really want to segregate. Um, you know, I have, I don't know, it's it's tough for me to say, to be honest, but I, I can, I understand your point. And, you know, like, like I said, Eric is definitely, 
you know, Eric has always, you know, has always been saying, you know, like the Brazilian, the Brazilian series of poker main event. Um, you know, that's that's like huge. It's like one of the largest events of the year, and you know, that's the unfortunate part is that you know most people that know that are people in Brazil or in South America, and that's and unfortunately that that voting that voting group is much smaller. And most people in the U.S. are just going to think about events inside the United States. And that's an unfortunate, that's an unfortunate consequence here. That you know, you, but U.S. is the majority of the panel. They're going to take. They're going to rec, They're picking more of their in their area. They're not thinking outside the. They're not thinking outside the country, unfortunately. And that's, you know, and that's something. You know, like I said, like I've said many times in this, uh, and you know, Eric and us definitely wish there was more global representation out there. No, I, and I appreciate uh, putting you on the spot here. I know we've had Eric on the show. Uh, we had him on this show for last year's awards, and we had him on uh, the regular podcast for the previous year's awards, as I recall. And uh, yeah, and, and and I guess this has been the nagging questions that keep coming up, and I, we do know he is making a huge effort, and I know you're not Eric as well, so he obviously uh, needs to answer these questions himself, and I'm sure he's spent the last few weeks maybe doing that with people. But uh, there is a huge amount to, to celebrate, obviously, as well. But before we get to the celebratoring part again, because I do have one more uh, bugbear here. Uh, Darren alluded to this actually a moment ago, and I'll sort of leap off that point. The absence of maybe multiple online player categories is disappointing just because it is such a big part of poker overall. Strategy content recognition, which I guess is sort of, again, about the players really and the playing part of it. These are very industry-dominated awards and not maybe recognizing enough of the players uh, is another aspect. And maybe a Best Journalist Prize and a few of the other prizes splintered off into categories where you're uh, acknowledging someone's work over a year rather than an individual piece like with the video category or the article category um yeah it just didn't seem like you know people basically having to put one thing forward doesn't seem like it would be reflective of a body of work so maybe they could be divided as well kevin when deciding on what awards to have and what to add and what to subtract because you've done that over different years are all these points brought up and are you part of that conversation and uh why do you feel like the ones i mentioned there still don't have their own categories um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, I think there's, uh, there's, there's definitely issues with people being concerned. There's too many awards or there's too, you know, uh, you know, and, you know, there, there's always room. I think there's room for more awards and, you know, you know, like, like in journalism, like for journalism. And, you know, like, I know an issue that's come up that you met, I, I know you've mentioned before this year, during this year, this, uh, the award season as it is. Is that you know we have short you know there should be maybe a short form content and a long form content and unfortunately we have them all lumped into one, and it's that you know and um, it would be you know I mean you know for, for example for the best uh, you know best photograph there was that there were multiple submissions were sent in you know the way we did the process this year was we had people submit their works but you know I'm credited so you're not we don't you, the voters don't know who they don't know the uh the name of the photographer in, in the pictures involved so i mean because i think there's definitely you know someone sees like a joe Giron photo or a hayden huckstar photo or an antonio abrigio mm -hmm. photo they're gonna they're gonna leap, or drew a mile for example they're gonna leap they're gonna head towards that even though there may be better options out there because they recognize they recognize the name and they're gonna they're more likely to vote for that person and yeah i mean it's it's tough because you know I mean, we could do, you know, it's sort of like, it's sort of like the issue of, of WSP bracelets, you know, how many is too many? 
And, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, in that, you know, for bracelets, we may, we, we may have gone far past that point. And I, I'm, I'm honestly don't expect us to have like 50 or 60 global mm-hmm. corporate workers. That would be way too many, in my opinion. I think, you know, and create a very long ceremony. And I, I don't think people were rare to get to the bars uh, in, in as, as quickly as possible <laughs> after, after a ceremony. But is it, you know, and, you know, we have, we definitely, you know, Eric and us, in, in the team, you know, it's it's definitely at our best, you know, to uh, make changes over the years. You know, we had, you know, there was a best journalist award in the past, and you know, which we didn't have this year, or best program reporter, which you know, Kristen Jesse was the winner last year. We don't have that this year, and you know, you know, and um, you know, maybe those awards will be back next year, and something else will disappear. So it's it's an ongoing process, and you know, and like I said, you know, it's 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 driving force. And, you know, we're, you know, I, you know, and, um, you know, there's definitely discussion as well, but it's, you know, I mean, you know, when next year rolls around, I mean, I'm sure we're going to see some new categories, maybe a few drop in, you know, and we'll have more discussion um, next year about the, about the process. Absolutely. Well, Dara, on the last chip race piece, Barry and I talked about the lack of strategy content. Barry rightly pointed out that it is that content that's most consumed, actually, by people in poker, far more than articles about human interest stories, not that there's anything wrong with them, but it's just simply a numbers game. You know, the, yeah. the strategy stuff gets gobbled up. Can you elaborate on that and how you would suggest changing that in particular? Yeah, it it, it, it is a kind of a, a specific weird thing about the GPI that just strategy content just doesn't seem to do well. And again, that's probably just the way the, the, the voting goes. Most of the voters are people who work in the industry who are not the consumers of strategy content. The consumers of strategy content are primarily the players themselves and, and 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 aspiring players in particular who are sort of uh at the bottom of the chain in terms of the industry um like my 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 general sort of thing that looks different for me about the gpi than say the oscars or sport awards etc cetera, etc cetera, is all of those other things oscars sport awards music awards they all essentially um celebrate uh, the, the the best musicians and uh the, the ones who have the biggest impact uh you know the the oscars doesn't have a best film review category for example that's not a thing they have it, it has best film it has best actor it has best actress all these other things and that's kind of different about the global poker awards because a lot of the awards are sort of essentially industry awards there it, it, it's likely that an industry figure is going to win it so so it's a weird mix of like it's not really the oscars of poker it's more like sort of a, a tra- trade awards let's say but at the same time people do kind of see it as the oscars of poker when it comes specifically to strategy i mean again the issue is the vast when you write a strategy article compared to a non-strategy article, we know that it gets multiple more views because there's a huge demand out there for people to read strategy content compared to people who want to read about, you know, who who won what tournament recently. Um, and, and, and the same is true of books. Uh, if you look at the best-selling poker books on Amazon at any given time, the top 10, 20, maybe 50 will nearly all be be strategy books um uh but yet that's not really reflected either in, in in the awards and again it probably just comes down to like who is voting you know if 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 we're saying that these are trade awards and that's fine the, the the categories they have is fine um and we just have to kind of recognize that strategy content will never be recognized because the people who are voting are not are not the consumers but but you know 
from a purely self-serving point of view as somebody who produces a lot of strategy content it would be like to see, it would be nice to see strategy content um valued more highly too but there's there's always a danger when you're criticizing awards that it just turns into a self-serving well how can we change this so i get more nominations and more awards um so i i don't want to do that either i mean i think the gpi do a great job uh shining a spotlight on poker and on certain aspects of the industry it's just that there are certain niches um are actually quite large i mean strategy isn't even a niche strategy is a, is a huge thing and an online similar that are, are are unfortunately overlooked Indeed. Well, let's move on to the awards themselves. We'll do a little prediction or maybe if anyone wants to weigh in on their thoughts on any category, they can. I'm going to rush through these as quickly as we can, but please do feel like either of you can weigh in as much as you want. Uh, GPI Blake, Breakout Player uh, nominees are Espen Yorstas, Angela Jordison, Puna Puntsri, Ethan Rampage-Yao, Alejandro Lococo. Um, it was disappointing, I have to say, not to see uh, our good pal Andrew Bowie Effect Wilson make the list of this one, but no doubt those five guys very uh, deserving. What say you, Mr. Mathers? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, breakout, you know, these care, you know, categories like this, it's it's always it's always a bit hard because you know people see certain, you know, they see names and they wonder why um why they're why they're under. But you know, like someone like an Andrew Jordan, you know, she's sort of like she's basically, you know, she did come. She had some success a few years ago. You know, I remember she won three, you know, she was in, in the Northwest. She won three tournaments in three consecutive days, which was an impressive feat in itself. But it's, you know, you see, it's, um, it's, you know, um, I'm, I'm losing my train of fire. But, you know, we, you know, you see like Ethan, you know, who is, who is someone who is sort of another one who just basically came out of nowhere. You know, he's starting, he was playing low stakes and, you start vlogging and then you know he's, he's winning high rollers and it's you know it's 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 things like that that are that are very impressive to uh, to me and you know I, I see you know the, the people that were that nominate him uh, uh feel the same way and you know it's 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 um i don't know it's it's, it's um this is going to need some editing for sure um but anyway it's it's hard it's um I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm no, losing. No, 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 but 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 to the leap off what point. you're saying there, Kev, I I do think that the you know while there's always going to be a bit of debate on whether someone really is breaking out or or whatever it is, uh, you know, Espen Yorstad, for example, has had a ten year career. Obviously, when whenever you win the main event for ten million, you're sort of broken into a new category for sure. But whether you've actually broken out, I don't know if that really applies to him. Uh, Angela, for me, would be the breakout one. It would would be my vote. But you could make the argument that she broke out five years ago when she won every tournament there was for a weekend. Um, Rampage, clearly uh, a worthy nominee. Puntsri came out of nowhere. I think he's 300k in cashes before this year. He's won 4.1 million on the high roller circuit. And obviously Alejandro Lococo, those two main events where he went deep both years uh, and then, you know, other results in between. I think he had maybe a high roller title on the EPT circuit. He's had an extraordinary uh, jump into this industry over the last two years as well. Dara, who would you give it to? Uh, well, I'd give it to Angela Jordison because I love Angela. And she, uh, right. she, she's one of my favorite people in poker. So um, pure, purely on that bias, I would I, I would give it to Angela and, and every possible award you could give to Angela. I think also one thing, like it's, it depends really all of these things are open to our interpretation and, and and like what is it we are celebrating is it we are celebrating their results is is it compared to the results last year is it like most improved player you know there was a running joke in irish poker that tom kick got uh, best newcomer every single year 
um, uh, because people kind of forgotten and thought he thought he burst on the scene again. Um, I think there, for, to my mind, it would also be people who sort of like have a sort of a symbolic uh, value to poker, bringing mm. it maybe to new people. So somebody like Angela, who's showing that uh, that females can compete at the very highest level and and do well. Um, I think that has a huge added value over her results. Uh, someone like Punat as well, you know, coming from Thailand, not exactly a, a hotbed of poker until recently. That that obviously has tremendous value too. And uh, and Lukoku in Argentina, like he's well known outside of poker. So he's bringing you guys onto poker as well. So I think those guys all have, and Rampage too, obviously is, is, is really good at drawing eyes onto poker too. So you can make cases for all of them, um, but just purely because on based on personal preference, I would give it to Angela. Yeah, I would give it to Angela as well. Um, best final table performance uh, nominees in this one are Jungleman Cates for the WSOP 50K Players Championship. Obviously, he went back to back. Espen Jorstadt for his WSOP main event win. Daniel Negranu for a super high roller bowl win. And Stephen Song for his WPT Prime Championship song. Obviously, uh, dominated the, the mid stakes of last year. Just just binged 3,000, 4,000 runner fields like it was nothing, it seemed, during the year on a number of occasions. Um, looking at this category, Kevin, obviously there's always a sense that, you know, the World Series will dominate this um, main event and Players' Championship will probably, those, those whoever wins it will probably always be in this category. Um, but do you feel swayed by that or do you think it could go to anyone here? Uh, I it's I think it's a I think it's an open race, you know. But you know, you know, people, you know, like you said, they expect the main event winner to, you know, to be the automatic winner, which is off, you know, sometimes, you know, Aspen definitely had a great performance this year. Um, but you know, I mean, personally, I vote, you know, I vote for some, you know, someone I voted for uh, that didn't get nominated was Stephen O'Dwyer at the Irish Open because he had, you know, he he basically ran over that final table to win the Irish Open main event. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's definitely, you know, you sort of, you, you, you vote for someone that sort of, you know, ran over the table or someone who came from the short stacks, the winner and, you know, being the biggest event out there, um, in terms of prize money, you know, it's obviously, you know, Aspen, I think would be considered the heavy, the heavy favorite, but, um, as someone who doesn't see the results, who won't know until they announce them this Friday, uh, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a good category, you know, to have a, you know, that you know with Stephen Wayne you know late in the year that probably helps some people you know results later in the year it's sort of like what happens at the Oscars you know a move, somebody that comes out later in the year is going to get recognized more maybe a little bit more than it should and you know which we saw in this case so it's um but it's it's I think it's a toss-up but I would say you know if I was predicting I think it would be Aspen that would be the one that would come out on top yeah, in fact, with the Oscars, they all hold back to release the movies that they think might be nominated until December for this very reason. So you're you're not wrong about recency bias in, in people's mind. Dara, who would you give this one to? Uh, again, it comes down to how you interpret it. I mean, I think we've long gone past the stage where we can give it to somebody just because they didn't make a mistake on the final table. Um, with the advance of Solver learning and uh, high, high quality strategy, you see, you know, you could probably pick out a hundred final tables where. The, uh, the 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 ultimate winner played absolutely perfectly, um and but but in my mind actually uh, I give credit to uh, to Kev Math for nominating Steve Steve there I I actually thought that was the 
the best performance I'd seen in a long time. It was similar to Martin Jakobsen's performance, except Martin came from the short stack when he won it. I'm not sure Espen's, as, as good as Espen's performance was, and I think it was very good, like I don't think he made any mistakes. I don't think it will live in the memory uh, the way that um, that Martin's did or, or, or Steve at the Irish Open. Everybody at the Irish Open was buzzing about just how good, how well Steve had played that final table. And it was, it was eye-opening for a lot of people. Um, so for that reason... Uh, and again, another thing I would say is like, <clears throat> how do we interpret this? As I said, like, I don't think we can just go as like who played the best if we put if we compared all their hands to a solver who would get the highest GTO score or DTO score or whatever you want to call it. Because I think a lot of the high rollers would just be 100%. Um, uh, but I also think there's an added value to sort of like how they uh, how they behaved at the final table, what kind of attention they got. And I mean, if we're if that's the if that's the uh the criterion that i think we have to give it to jungle man because everybody was talking about that final table just <laughs> just because of his antics yeah there were some antics i think i probably suspect aspen will take this one down i think probably people acknowledge the world series to be this sort of marathon and even the final table is more a marathon than other final tables i think that will probably be enough to secure him the victory here. I do agree with all of your points though. And actually it's funny, it sounds like all three of us may have voted, although we can't say who we voted for. All three of us may have voted for Steve Woodward. <laughs> who knows, who knows? Player's choice for toughest opponent. This one obviously voted for by the GPI top 100 or however many of them decide to cast a ballot. Uh, nominees this year are Brian Altman, Stephen Chidrick, who seems to be always nominated for this one, Alex Foxen, who also maybe seems to be always nominated for this one, and Stephen Song once again, who I mentioned there, had that incredible mid-stakes performance, also brought it into some of the high rollers too, but very much did this playing grassroots poker a lot of the year. Kevin, go first. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, being, it is brought on by the top 100 players on the GPI, and, you know, we hope you know, did a hundred vote? I seriously doubt that, you know, hopefully over half did. And I think people are just going to, they're going to recognize the players that they play with the most. And, um, you know, you know, like you said, Chidwick and Fox, you know, I assume most of the top 100 were playing with those two, especially, and, uh, you know, especially because they play in the bigger buying events. So they would, they would recognize, you know, I would expect them to recognize their game a lot more than other players. For play, Dara. Uh, I think Chidwick will win this. Uh, he 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 always seems to. I think all the top players would would you know. I remember a, a survey done in Vegas, I think, a couple of years ago, where they asked twenty five guys who played high rollers who the toughest was, and either twenty three or twenty four of them said Ch Chidwick. Um, the the only dissenting vote was for True Teller at the time. So um, I mean, Chidwick always gets these. I, I I have been fortunate enough to play with Chidwick. I have been fortunate enough to play with Fox and. For me, they're the two standouts in this category. Foxen, not just because he's very, very difficult to play with, but also, you know, he looks like he might rip your head off uh, when, <laughs> when he's got that stare. Um, <laughs> that can be a little bit off-putting as well. <laughs> well, look, I would give it to Stevie as well. I agree with you, Foxen definitely in the mix. Fans' choice, best hand. Nominees are Daniel Legrand, who hits runner-runner quads on his way to the Super High Roller Bowl victory. David Diaz lays down a monster on day seven of the World Series main event. That was a ridiculous foul. Papo MC pulls monster bluff in WSOP main event. And Wild Jack four versus ace nine hand between Robbie, Jade, Lou and Garrett Adelsey. I don't know if anyone remembers that one, um, but uh, that's in the mix as well. Uh, Kevin Mathers, who's going to win this one? Uh, well, I, if we were going by 
by most discussed hand, it would definitely be the Robbie J. Lude Jack forehand. You know, it's that that dominated the last half of the year. You know, with all, the, with all the with all the with all the podcasts and streams and Twitter discussion, that would that would be the runaway winner in my opinion. And I don't I don't I don't think it's even close. I mean, you know, the other hands were great and all, but you know, the one hand that that dis- that brought the most discussion obviously was that one. Yeah, Dar, I don't know. It's probably not even necessary to ask you, but what do you who do you think will win this one? Yeah, same. I mean, I just can't see another hand winning. I think I think as well that this hand actually revealed something out of the poker world that we maybe didn't know, which is that the, the top players really don't understand how ordinary players think. Um and the way that they just jump straight to, oh, it must be cheating because it because this hand makes no sense, um, suggests that not only uh are do they not know how ordinary players think but they don't even play against them very much anymore they probably just play play their high rollers um with where even the 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 value players or the fun players whatever have a certain amount of solver learning um so i think for all the attention that it brought in poker for um and, and everything else yeah this one isn't even close in my mind yeah, this is the banker. I think if anyone's uh, doing a sweepstakes on, on these ones, uh, for sure. I think the agreement should be though that you get the award, Robbie goes up to collect it, and then we all agree to never ever talk about it again. That should be the caveat. <laughs> um, next up, comeback player. Uh, definitely a category I have some question marks over. Uh, Phil Ivy, Alex Keating, Taylor von Kriegenberg, and poor old Daniel Weinman who did tweet, "I hadn't gone anywhere." <laughs> Who do you think will win this, Kev? Or is it just is this award just been created so that maybe Phil Ivy will come to the awards? Well, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that, but I mean, you know, the criteria is you know players that were outside the top three hundred, I believe, for the previous three years uh, on GP, the top three hundred GPI, and then re-entered. So you know, like Phil Ivy had this, you know, and you know, in a sense, you know, it is sort of like you know Daniel Wyman, you know, they they've all had varying degrees of success. But you know, you know, Phil Ivey basically just came, you know, came storming back last year with you know his various his various successes, especially on the Triton circuit. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it is this is definitely one of the categories that people always like you have questions about. It's like, wait a minute, they, you know, we see these people often, but why are, how they come back? But you know, we're sort of basing on on you know their tournament results in the past, in the in the recent past. So that's why they are quote comeback players. Yeah, no, and fair enough. Like Phil Ivey did win something like six million last year in poker, and he only won two point one million that year. We had a pandemic globally, <laughs> so like, what was what was he doing with himself all that time? Dara, who do you think will win this one? Um, I have to say, I have no strong opinions at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no way of judging. It's gonna be Phil Ivey. Sorry. I'm going to say Phil Ivey just because he would be the one that would guess. Okay, let's go for Phil Ivey. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next up, best streamer. I uh, like this category, but it is a rerun of last year's final. And I feel like it's a bit of a close shop for these guys. One award I think would be really nice to see would be maybe an up and coming streamer award. Uh, just because even within that category, there's a lot of people sort of getting locked out by the dominance of these four guys. Kevin Martin, Ben Sprague, Jonathan, H. Styles Van Fleet and Lex Velhus. Uh, who do you think will win, Kev? Um, yeah, you, I mean, it's, it's definitely, I, I would think it's between Spraggy and Lex myself, because, you know, I think they're, they're like the top two in terms of streaming. Um, you know, John, you know, definitely does his, his, uh, is, you know, he, when he, when he breaks out the stream, you know, definitely people are interested in that, you know, definitely, you know, someone who, uh, um, you know, maybe, you know, for strategy content as well, maybe considered, um, you know, I, you know, I gotta go, you know, Kevin Martin, you know, with the Kevin MA. 
I got you, he's almost at the Kev Mass status. So it's uh <laughs> I, I got I got a little biased towards that. But I I think you know, I I think Sprague is definitely of, of the four. I I would think Sprague is more most entertaining of that group. So if I was if um if I was making the vote, it, I would probably go with Sprague. Yeah, I gotta agree. I think Sprague is my favorite, but I suspect it might be Kevin Martin's year. Dar, what do you think? I hope it's Kevin Martin's year. Um, <clears throat> Kevin is a very close friend of mine. He's he's my favorite of that group of people although ape styles is a very very close second i have to say uh really fond of ape styles as well and i do think ape styles you know i, I it, it, i've been i've been whining about the lack of strategy uh, but i think the main appeal of uh ape styles is that it's just the highest level of strategy of of of, of anybody on twitch not just those people who are nominated um so you know it, I, i'd be happy with either of those to win to be honest well, next up is best vlogger, Jamon Burton, Mariano Grandoli, Brad Owen, and Ethan Rampageo. Kevin, you go first. Um, you know, it's it's you know, it's like you said, it's in, uh, several of this the same vlog, you know, vloggers that we've seen in the past. No, Andrew Nimi this year. Uh, but you know, Brad, you know, Brad Owen, you know, I, I like you know, like Jamin, I like a lot because you know, he definitely does he definitely adds a little, you know, adds some content, you know, with the uh animations and things like that. Uh, first, I haven't seen a lot of Mariano, so I can't really, um, unfortunately, I haven't seen a lot of his work, but, uh, you know, Brad Owen and, Eve, you know, Brad, I think of, of those four is the, uh, I think, you know, especially what, we, what we've seen recently with his uh, cash games uh, down in Texas um, last week, you know, the, mm -hmm. definitely, definitely, uh, he's, he's felt a little pain last week, but uh, it's, you know, I, have to, I would think it's between Owen or Rampage myself on, on the who gets water. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think it is going to be a toss-up between the two of them. I think Owen may nick it for a third year in the row, but I have to say my favourite is Jamon Burton. For a lot of the reasons you said there, Kevin, there's a lot of production value and, and a bit of difference he puts into it with the animations and, and, and things like that. I, I actually have become a, a big fan of his over the last year and a half or so. Dara, who would you give it to? I mean, I should probably recuse myself from this discussion because I probably watched about three minutes of uh, vlogs in the, in the last year. Um, Not your thing. But, uh, I mean, isn't, isn't Brad Owen just by far the biggest? And like, uh, this is. just feels like, I mean, obviously Rampage is on, is, is on the Rampage or on the Rise or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I think Brad Owen, just in terms of the amount of eyes he draws onto poker, um, even though he's won awards, I think he is undersung in that respect. Like, it seems to me we spend a lot more time talking about Twitchers, and um, I think the the appeal of Brad is actually way wider than any Twitcher currently. Great point, great point. Uh, next up, Twitter personality. Uh, last year I said how there would never be another winner of this award, so what they actually needed to do was just rename it the Jamie Kerstetter Award, and then she can't win it any future years. And then, but her name will always be there. And it just gives other people a chance. I actually asked Jamie what she uh, thought of her competition this year. And she replied, I'm just really confused how two vloggers and Farah's husband snuck into a category. I paid Eric Danahy to compete, to, to create for me. Those people, of course, are Phil Galfond, Will Jaffe, uh, Marley Sprague, alongside Jamie Kerstetter. Uh, can she be beaten, Kev? Uh, I think the person to beat, you know, Will, I think it's Will Jaffe. I would say it's Will Jaffe would be the. I think she, I think he can be um, Jamie. You know, he doesn't tweet that often, but you know, his, his tough combos are definitely uh, very strong whenever he does them. So you know, it's it's definitely more quality over quality. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, when I was nominated, you know, the previous two years, it was definitely more quantity over quality. Um, and unfortunately, I'm as an employee, I'm no longer eligible, or I may have been on the list for a third time and probably lost to Jamie or Will once again. Um, you know, I, I, I was, I think, you know, Bill Galfine's definitely, so, you know, it's more of the thoughtful tweet, you know, it's more of this, you know, this tweet's more like talking about strategy and, and things of that nature. And, but, uh, so, I think more people appreciate the energy, you know, it's more entertaining is, is Will's or Jamie's tweets, in my opinion. But uh, if I was if I was projecting, I would say it, it, I, I think James is going to be the throne this year. Yeah, I think you might be onto something there. I, I definitely think Will Jaffe is the person who's made me laugh more than anyone else on Twitter for the past year. Um, I think he's just absolute gold. It's great to see him get recognised. Uh, but with the, the platinum pass he got, and uh, I know he's got some commentary work now. I think he's a rising star. He might be winning the rising star category next year, but um, I guess for now he confines most of his content to Twitter, and he does sort of crush Twitter in a way. I know, Dara, you're going to agree with me on this. We we laugh our faces off every time he puts out a new video. Yeah, I'm going to agree, and I'm also going to disagree. I Personally, I find him absolutely hilarious, and he's certainly added more value uh, to, my, to my own life than any of, anybody else on that list in the last year. But but I'm going to be slightly contrarian and say that I think there's always a danger with these awards that you 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 kind of uh, preaching to a very small group that you think represents all of poker the Twitterati as it were um, and one yardstick I often use is like what have my students heard of and you know there's things that appear to be massive in the poker world and we all talk about the, talk it to death for a week or two on Twitter and when I bring it up with my students they haven't even heard of it or they haven't even heard of the person. Um, I suspect most of my students have no idea who Will Jaffe is. Um, I suspect uh, they, they, they don't necessarily watch Marley either. And I mean, um, so I personally, uh, if we're sort of going for who has the most impact globally rather than just on the people in the know, I, I actually think Phil Galfond is probably the best on this list because Phil puts out a lot of tweets <clears throat> which ordinary players read and get something from, you know, advice on approaches to different things and and so on. And, and there are other guys in, in, in that category who use Twitter in a similar way. Uh, you know, Nick Howard uh, springs to mind as well. Nick, Nick puts out a lot of good tweets aimed at recreational players as well, um, uh, which does draw the ire of Barry Carter. But... Uh, <laughs> But again, you know, if I talk to my students, a lot of them love Nick Harris tweets um, and they think they're very, very helpful. Um, and I think, again, we're kind of back to the old strategy versus uh, entertainment um, debate on this one. Fair enough. Um, I No, I do think you're right. I do think that, the, that there are there's a different, even within Twitter, even within the, the confines of 280 characters, there's very much different genres of how people go about their, their tweeting. And uh, and yeah, these guys all do something slightly different. I guess Jaffe and Sprague kind of do a bit, if that makes sense. Uh, Kerstetter is just always funny. And Phil Galfond is sort of giving sage poker wisdom to the masses. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, there, there there is room for them all. I have to give it to Jamie, though, even though I think Jaffe's the best, because I think uh, I made an agreement with her four years ago that if she rigged it so that we won the podcast award, I would vote for her whenever I saw her name in anything. So have to have to stick to that. Sorry, guys. Um, rising star in content creation. This is my favorite new award, Kev. I, I really sort of, I think the breakout stuff and the rising star stuff is really important because there is these kind of up and comers for whom this actually probably means an awful lot more than it does for the established people to get a bit of recognition. And again, it's sort of a closed shop sometimes in the best players or best content creators 
um, that that other people get a look in via this category. I think it's a great addition. I know you brought in this year. Nominees are Natalie Bode, Caitlin Comiskey, Jesse Fullen, and Lexi Gavin Mather. Uh, despite the fact that she does have Mather in her name, which I, I know you're very likely to be swayed by things like this, Kev, um, who do you think will get it? Um, you know, definitely. I think you know Caitlin. You know, she definitely. You know, she definitely broke out. It, it, you know, bring back the Jack forehand. It's definitely. You know, people, you know, she started making videos, you know, doing videos about that. And they, you know, they were very hilarious. And, you know, and she's she's done some other stuff as well after that. And, uh, you know, Jesse Fullen, you know, he does great work with, you know, Poker News. You know, he does, you know, does a lot of the social media for them. Uh, you know, Lexi, you know, you know, the tweets that, you know, she, she does a lot of tweets and, you know, was, she's done some strategy stuff as well. And, you know, Natalie, you know, doing presenting and blogging and things like that. It's, yeah, you're right. It is good. You know, this is definitely... A category that you know it was probably may have been needed in previous years, but um, if I was if I was predicting, I think you know riding off the uh, Robbie J. Luke co uh, coattails, I think Caitlin Comiskey will be the winner. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you there. Uh, certainly would get my vote, Dara. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's great to see a, a, a category where three of the four nominees are are, are female. Nothing against Jesse, obviously, but. Uh, it, it 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 is good to see a category that recognizes the 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 rising role of women in poker. I think Caitlin is the standout here for me. I mean, Le I'm very fond of Lexi as well in terms of the content she puts out. I think she's great. Um, but Caitlin really, uh, in my mind, is the standout here. Yeah, Comiskey all the way. And by the way, she's on the next episode of the Chip Race, so check that out. Uh, best media content written. Uh, this is obviously a category that we were very much hoping you'd be in the mix for, Dara. Obviously, your book with uh, Barry um, has been you know, massively read already. Obviously, top of the charts pretty much every week since it came out. And uh, yeah, probably falls victim to the favouring of short form over long form and favouring over uh, of non-strategy over strategy. But nonetheless, here we go. Tim Fervanti, um, Andrew Moreno made good on a 15-year dream. Connor Richards for his the endlessly creative side of Poker Hall of Famer Eric Seidel. That's all about his music interest, something we know a lot about via Maria Konnikova, of course, Dara. Jennifer Shahadi for her Wall Street Journal piece on how becoming a poker pro helped me accept a personal tragedy. And Robbie Straczynski uh, for his own card player lifestyle uh, for his piece in the name of the father, the son and the poker. Obviously all about his dad's experience of going to the WPT World Championship. Who do you think will win, Kev? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm biased because I, I worked with Tim in the past at Bluff, so my, you know, they're all great works, obviously. Uh, I would say it's going to be, I think Tim Viravanti is going to be the winner. Okay, interesting. Dara, your thoughts? Um, again, I probably should recuse myself from this because I've given very little thought to this award. Um, the, the best part of this award definitely is that every every year Barry forgets the strategy content doesn't do well and gets 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 his hopes up. And then <laughs> it's great to see him so absolutely crushed when we don't make the shortlist. That's that's always just absolutely hilarious to me um, that he somehow manages to forget every single year that this is a thing. Um, I mean, I guess we're just going to go for who we like, are we? So I'm going to say Jennifer <laughs> or Robbie. Sorry, who was that? Sorry, I missed it because I was Je Jennifer or Robbie. Jennifer or Robbie. Yeah, I do have to say, I, I do think uh, it should go to Jennifer. I, I read all the articles, of course. And uh, yeah, her piece obviously uh, brings home uh, something for me personally, but it also uh, just, I thought, was a, a brilliant piece. And it did get that mainstream attention, uh, obviously picked up by the Wall Street Journal. I think it was beautifully written. And I think sort of gave a really interesting insight into Jennifer's psychology when it comes to how she deals with loss and grief and how poker almost or the, the the 
tools we've learned or the way in which we've sort of maybe uh, changed our personalities to be suited to poker um, actually helped her in a way uh, that would be kind of unusual and maybe surprising for people when they read the piece. Uh, best media content photo, Antonia Abrego for Ooh Yeah, which of course is the macho man Randy Savage um, homage by uh, Jungle Man after winning the Players' Championship. Hayley Hochstetler, uh, Glance Pulls Million Dollar Bounty. That was the very excited moment, which actually came right after a moment of slow rolling the entire room by Matt Glance when he pulled the big one. Uh, Alec Rome for Poker News, WSOP. Uh, Schindler wins first WSOP bracelet. That was that very interesting image of him sort of cutting a lonesome figure at the final table after winning. This was on the heels of all the various cheating scandals, his name being brought up in many of them. And then Spencer Sembrat for his, uh, that first bracelet feeling. Darwino, the unfortunate person who wasn't in this picture, um, uh, Matthias Mulhuisen lost heads up to this man. And when he did lose, the guy um, jumped up onto the table, basically like mounted the rail and quite a good photo of, of him in that moment. Uh, what do you think, Kevin? Uh, you know, they're all, all four great photos and all, of course all the nominees are great as well. Uh, I would, you know, my think my personal favorite among the four was the Jake Schindler photo because it's sort of like, it's an indication of what he had done. And, you know, he's basically now persona non grata in the poker community. Um, you know, it's sort of like was, there's no one there to support him. There's it's just him and there's no one else there in the picture. So I think it's sort of telling that, you know, what he, what people have alleged that he did, it sort of, you know, it sort of shows the loneliness of being, being the outsider. Uh, you know, I was, you know, the Mac Lansman was pretty exciting. You know, I, was, I was, if you look to the left of, of Jeff, you would see me taking a photo from that side, uh, doing the streaming of that, of that one. But, um, you know, you know, of course, um, you know, uh, Jungle Man and his Macho Man antics, you know, being a back-to-back -back, uh, uh, players champ, you know, 50K players championship winner, you know, you see if he can go for the free P next year and what, what outfit he's going to be wearing. And, you know, <laughs> of course, that, you know, that excitement, you know, the excitement of jumping on the table or, you know, like Scott Fishman back in the day doing the Nestle Plunge, yeah. you know, those moments, you know, those moments of excitement are also, that's also pretty neat as well. Yeah, I totally agree. All, all great moments. Got to agree with you. I think Alec Rome sort of took a very special photograph there, almost like a, a, a hopper painting of a person cutting a very lonely figure. And um, and, and it sort of spoke volumes. It, it sort of really did sort of elevate itself to art if poker photography can do that, as it often actually does do that. Uh, Darry, your thoughts? Yeah, that's the absolute standout for me. I'm looking at the four here on my other screen, and it's an incredible photograph. It really just sums up the perfect victory of of the the man who has allegedly cheated his way to the top and um, is not recognised for it, uh, uh, or is recognised for having done so, um, but is not celebrated. Um, yeah, no, that's by far the standout for me. Yeah, I totally agree. Best media content video uh, for these. We have Caitlin Comiskey, a love letter to the investigation, her parody series, which I think had her playing about 20 different characters, maybe more. Uh, Joey Ingram, uh, the emergency investigation, of course, the thing that was being parodied by Caitlin there. Uh, Garrett versus Robbie on Hustler Live. Uh, Greg, Greg goes all in now, uh, poker vlogger who doesn't understand that the voiceover is done in post. <laughs> that was a very good one. He is so many. He could have uh, 10 of his could have been nominated for me and then marley sprague solvers very entertaining piece by marley uh, i think it's her pin tweet right now still uh sort of taking the piss out of how solvers would maybe respond to or almost like a, a hal voice from, from um 
um, from out of the machine uh, to, to her as a poker person. Uh, who do you think will win this one, Kev? Uh, you know, my of the four, my per, I mean, I like you know, I liked them all. I mean, personally, I like the Greg Olds all in the dumbest poker blogger ever. You know, and you, you know, you were pointing out before, you know, he's you know being he's his day of less about a minute is 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 in a category with someone who's is did basically a hundred hundreds of hours of high of of streaming. You know, with he's Joey, still there, he's still doing it, Kev. I think he's I think he, right now he's still on his like thousand. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think so. He's he's in front of a fireplace right now in Texas. <laughs> And, you know, this is definitely, you know, something like, you know, short, you know, having shorts against long form content is definitely, you know, that definitely, I, I think should be, maybe we should consider more doing, doing something like that, you know, having, you know, something that's like maybe under five minutes and, you know, something a little longer, you know, for the longer vlogs. Uh, you know, of course, you know, Caitlin had, you know, her first video on this, on the uh, Robbie J. Lou situation was definitely a home run and she kept hitting dingers after that. But I, you know, I, I would say I, I would vote for Greg Ozawin because I, I, I think that's one I, I enjoyed the most. Yeah, I gotta agree with you. I think Greg really deserves to be in more categories than he even is this year. I think he's one of my favorite people in poker entertainment. Again, just so hard to do short form. It's so hard to make videos that are sometimes thirty seconds long that are that funny and that well made. Um, he, he really is a master of that form. I love Caitlin's piece. Um, the love letter I, I sort of really launched her stardom and of course Robbie on Hustler Live Joey's investigation the, the face that launched a thousand podcasts and I think it's probably going to win just because of the weight of all of the, the work and how it just sort of brought everyone from the poker world or almost everyone because I was trying my best to get away from it but almost everyone in the poker world to the same place to weigh in on that and as Dara very correctly said there earlier in this show um, sort of revealed an awful lot about us as a subspecies, perhaps. Dara, who do you think? Um, well, personally, I would give it probably to Greg Goes All In just for the sheer volume that he's done, not just for that one piece. Mm. Um, I think it'd be a tragedy if Greg doesn't get an award. Uh, I'm hoping Caitlin gets the award, obviously, the other award that she's up for. Um, but I think it would be absolutely hilarious if Caitlin won for, over, over Rob <laughs> Joey. The thing that she's parodying wins over the over the thing itself. I think that would be absolutely amazing, and it might it might actually send Joey off the um, <laughs> off the rails. I mean, Joey another six some, months sabbatical. There. Joey gave me some grief in Las Vegas over the fact that I had GTO in the in my latest book title, like like he somehow owns the word GTO. <laughs> I can only imagine how he's going to react if if Caitlin making a a, a fairly short parody of his hundred and ten years of podcast or whatever came out at the end. <laughs> uh winning but yeah just for, purely for that reason um i would like to see caitlin win very good well look i am conscious of us running a little bit long here so maybe we bash out the next yeah, few good. best podcast only friends podcast poker in the years poker go podcast and the chip race poker podcast um i've said this before but i'll say it again thinking poker is an og in the podcast space it's a sick omission every year that it needs to be rectified. You've got to get these. We need a campaign for these guys uh, one of these years because they are, like I said to Barry on the last show, if they'd won it every single year that it had been on, I'd be pretty okay with that. I think they're, they are absolutely brilliant at what they do. Uh, who do you think will win, Kev? Um, you know, present company, you know, I, you know, I like, don't, I you, like... Dare, don't you fucking dare, Kev. You're a guest on this show. You're in yeah, our I... house right now. Yes, I know. I, I may be banned if I if I don't say the ship race, but uh, I mean no, it's no, it's, kind of hard, it's kind of hard to do a podcast, you know, doing a video, doing a podcast every day, like Only Friends has done, you know, the last year. So I would I would go. I'm, I I I say Only Friends, but you know, ship race is a very close second. <laughs>
I think you might be right that Only Friends will win this one. Dara, who do you think will win? I think Only Friends will win, yeah. Um, just just the sheer volume uh, daily. That's very, very difficult. I mean, Brad Wilson, again, you talked about thinking poker not getting recognised. Chasing poker greatness is incredibly under-recognised, in my view. Brad Brad was doing it daily for a while and seemed like nobody cared because a lot of it was strategy again. And uh, but, but, you know, um, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, there's two there's there's two things here for me. I don't want Poker in the Years to win two years in a row because that would then they'd be the first to do that. And oh yeah, we don't want that. No, no, we don't want anyone was, anyone winning twice. Yeah, but uh, but 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 it would be funny to me if it. Obviously, I'd like if we won, but I think it's be even funnier for me if we don't win because then I get to see you very you really disappointed too. So I I have my two co-workers Barry and thing completely devastated by the awards. I've realized that the, the trick is the year I stayed up to watch, we lost, and the year I went to bed, we won. So I'm going to go to bed this year, Dara. Yeah. That's the trick. Oh, you, see, oh, you actually say, oh, yeah, you, you did say. I stayed up the year right, that we I, fucking I, lost. I, do remember. Point yeah, it was kind of, I mean, we obviously thought we were drawing dead that first year, um, which, and we're probably drawing dead this year as well. I do think only friends are going to win this. Um, and, you know, not to take anything away from it, but I think most of the reason why I think it's going to be them is just the, the, uh, the people who are voting. Um, are, are are going to be people who are primarily uh, paying attention to them rather than any of the other three podcasts. Fair enough. Well, I will take this opportunity to say that uh, we are delighted, obviously, on the show to be nominated. It is all a bit of fun, after all. Uh, but, but, but you know, regardless of who wins, we will be the only uh, three-time nominated uh, podcast. So in your face, everyone else for that. Uh, we produced third, uh, 20 episodes of The Chip Race and 25 episodes of The Lock-In last year. 97 interviews, Dara. It was our biggest output for a year. So fair play to us for that. Just for just sheer... Fair play to you, David, for editing all of those. That's what you really want me to say. Yeah, well done, David. You you edited 97 people dribbling about poker and t- somehow turned it into something which sounded intelligent. Uh, yeah, award-nominating levels of editing. Thank you. Uh, best broadcaster, James Hardigan, Jamie Kerstetter, Jeff Palat and Nick Shulman. Kev Matt, let's go uh, rapid fire with the next few. Okay, um, you know, because he has been, he's been criminally underrated, um, under-nominated in the past, James Hardigan. Okay, Dara? Yeah, I'm going to agree. Um, I, I'm going to break with my, I always vote for the strategy guy uh, thing. If that were the, the criteria, then it should be Shulman, and I do think Shulman is absolutely brilliant at what he does. But I think Hartigan is criminally under-recognized in the industry. He's absolutely brilliant at what he does, by far the best of playing that sort of straight guy. Um, and I also think he brings a level of professionalism to it that very, very few uh, broadcasters in our space do. Um, and yeah, for me, it's James. Yeah, completely agree with all that. But I will vote for Jamie Kersetter because I am contractually obliged to. Uh, best event, uh, EPT Barcelona main event, Triton Poker Coin Rivet Invitational, World Series of Poker Main and WPT World Championship at the win, Las Vegas. Kevin? Um. Gotta go with my other employer, WSP Main Event. Okay. Dara? It's, you know, it's the biggest tournament in poker. So I think it's, you know, obviously wins uh, the WT, WPT World Championship very close second. Um, I would give it to the win just in terms of player experience. Um, while the WSP is is by far the biggest event, and you know, fair play to them for getting people into town, and everything. A, a lot, I think most of that is historical. They built a brand over time. Um, and I think the player experience isn't always great. And it was really a contrast to me just how better everything was in the win. And the the floor staff, the players, or sorry, the the dealers, uh, the lack of reg cues, everything was just way better organized. 
Uh, Got to agree with you on this one. I think if you're recognizing kind of effort in one year, I think it's sort of tantamount to extraordinary what WPT did with that tournament. But I would like to say that the World Series of Poker, an oft ridiculed event in some ways because there have been historical problems. I thought it was the best run WSOP there ever was. So for it to actually be potentially the best WSOP there ever was uh, really does say to me how great that WPT World Championship was as well. So I would give the edge to that, but I think everyone's in the mix there. Uh, best industry per industry person, Ryan Beauregard, Jack Effel, Maury Eskandani, and Tana Karn. Kevin? Um, I would, I would, I, I'm going to go with the wins, Ryan Beauregard. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. I think sort of it could be a big night for WPT and the win because I think a lot of people, again, maybe recency bias too, but also it was the best tournament I've ever been to. Um, maybe favoring anything uh, with, with the WPT or the win tag attached, Dara. Yeah, Ryan for me. Absolutely no argument there. Okay, former guest Ryan gets the nod there. Best tournament director, Paul Campbell, Ray Pulford, Matt Savage, Toby Stone. Kevin? Um, I'm going to continue the win tradition. I'm going to go Ray Pulford. Interesting. Okay, I, I agree with you, but I also thought Matt Savage may be able to get dibs on this one as well. I know he's often nominated and often a winner in these kind of awards. And I don't really know. I didn't know how to parse the contributions of each because obviously Matt's the WPT side and Pulford's the, the win side. So yeah, I was a bit confused and I probably wouldn't be the best informed to know who should, but Matt Savage did say thank you for to Dara and I for coming to the event so many times. I, I'm probably going to give it to him. Dara. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I'm giving it Matt purely because he's the person that I know the best on that list. And I, and I like Matt a lot, um, but I'm really not qualified at all to make any judgment on this. Best mid well, speaking of ones we're not qualified to, to judge, I don't know if we actually attended a single event on any of these. Best mid major circuit tour, run good poker series, mid stakes poker tour, world series of poker circus, and WPT Prime. I think Kevin, you should be the only one to speak on this one. Um, well, I mean, I you know, everyone loves the Brian Good Poker series, and I definitely you know, they are the back to back winner. Uh, personally, I would say you know, mid stakes poker tour is someone. You know, it, most of their events are actually in the middle states and, you know, people like to call them flyover states, but, you know, people love to play poker in the Midwest as well. So, you know, they have some events, you know, they've, they've branched out a little bit. They've, you know, have events in Vegas and in California, but I'm going to say that for this year, mid-states poker tour. Very good. Well, we're on to some fans' choice stuff now. Fans' choice best trophy, EPT main event trophy, TGT stairways to million trophy, WPA Women's Poker Association trophy and the WSOP main event Bracelet, got to say, I thought this was a flash in the pan um, award that you were giving out last year. I didn't think we'd see it again, but I guess I was wrong. Uh, who would you go for, Kev? Uh, I would say PGT Stairway of the Millions. I think that's the winner. And this is actually one of the categories me, uh, I sort of talked Eric into uh, having last year. I, I saw a, one of the, it was an event in Australia that awarded a surfboard. And I was like, you know, that's kind of a unique trophy to win. And so, and, you know, we've seen, other trophies out there that's sort of like i was i i guess you can blame me yeah, or others can blame me for sort of suggesting best trophy okay is this not the is that not the event that like didn't happen in the end no no um no no that was a, no that was a wpt uh, deep stacks in australia no I, i'm sure that no, one no 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 there was definitely one where they canceled like the last two events oh, oh well the, the uh well there were several events no i, I was it. I'm trying to remember. 
I think it was this. I think, was I think this is the one that like, got the last two big events cancelled. So it, yeah. it was stairway to buttons, not stairway yeah. to millions. Yeah, well, well, yes, that, well, having the event at the Venetian probably wasn't a PGD, a PGT event at Venetian probably wasn't the best idea. So, <laughs> anyway, we're judging the trophies, and I do, I do see the trophy as a good trophy. Uh, Darry, your thoughts? Uh, zero opinion. I'm not okay, sure. I love the, uh, the Women's Poker Association trophy. It looks like a vagina. I think there's far too many phallic objects given out to people as awards. I like that there was a Yonic symbol. For one of the yeah. awards, I'm okay. Let's give let's give it to them. Also, the WPTPA do a lot of great work for 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 women in poker. So let's recognize that too. Boom! I've got. I see. I pulled our around with the talk of vaginas there. I was because I, I, I classic uh, fan choice fave live stream EPT live Kings Casino live stream Hustler Casino live and poker at the lodge. Kevin, uh, going based on what you know, I would say it's going to be Hustler Casino live. Although lot the lodge this year is definitely picked up their game and i i think they would be the winner if this was in if this was a year from now mm. this year yeah, i think if, if this was recognizing sort of like lifetime achievement or something which i which maybe kind of will because it's the first year that i think ept live do have a chance because obviously they've done that stream for so long and put in so many hours but it seems like it was the year of hustler casino and all that talk and i kind of feel like it, it has the best chance dara yeah, I'm going to give it to Hustler as well. Um, just I think for in terms of getting creating interest around poker, I think they 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 also did which uh, did what we've we felt has been lacking for a long time. They sort of created personalities and and they added production values in that way. You know, we it's it's been a constant annoyance to us that people talk about oh, there's no characters in poker anymore. When actually most of the characters that are, that we see them were were created by TV. They were created by TV producers who who, who honed in on certain aspects of uh, players' personalities. You know, um, Phil Helmet's rather unattractive whining about bad beats all the time made him the poker brat, which is which is a much better way to frame it. Uh, Danny Negreanu's inane banter and chatter at the table made him kid poker the the, the chatty guy. A lot of that came from the producers, and I think Hustler do a similar thing with the people who appear on their streams. Fair play. Uh, fans' choice poker personality. For many people, this is the big one of the night. Ryan DePaolo, Philippe Mojave Ramos, uh, Lex Velhus, and Ethan Rampage. Yeah, I must say, I'm really surprised not to see Greg goes all in on this one. I know he was nominated previous years. To his credit, he launched a valiant campaign. He tweeted, please vote me in for poker personality of the year so I can lose to Jonathan Little's email list again. Um, but he didn't even get nominated. It was those four. Who do you think will win, Kev? Uh, I'm going to say it's. I think. I think. Uh, Ethan. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Rampage. I think he's he's going to drive. He drove the most. I think he drove. He would drive the most votes to vote for him. I agree. I think it'll be Rampage as well, Dara. Yeah, I think it'll be Rampage as well for the exact same reason that Kevin Matt's saying. And, and like, while I don't know Rampage personally, I do know pe some people, some of my friends who sort of move in that world and nobody really has a bad word to say for him um, among those people at least. So yeah, he seems like he should, he'd be a good winner. Yeah, seems like a great guy and great for the game. Finally, the GBI will award uh, four people extraneous to the voted on categories. They will get awards. Poker Icon, Charitable Initiative, the GPI Award of Merit and the Hendon Mob Award. I think they're the four. I could be wrong on this now. Pardon me if one of these isn't in the mix or there's something different this year. Kevin, can you tell us a bit about them and can you leak to us the winners? Because sometimes the winners of these ones come out ahead of time because they want the person to show up. Uh, of those awards, I I am... I don't think I've been told who the winners are, so I don't... Say, I, Kev, this is the whole I, point. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not invited on the show. 
I, I'm not leaky lab, laughing about the awards, unfortunately. But uh, you know, it's you know, I I was the uh, I was the hen and mob winner last year. And I don't know if that was supposed to happen or not, but I, I guess that well, was a hard segue to your own victory there. Yes, was- yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, my apologies, but I have to I have to my horn a couple of times at least when I'm when I'm, when I'm uh, on these uh, when I'm on the show. <laughs> Um, well, what can you tell? Okay, if you can't tell us who won them, what can you tell us is sort of the point of them? So, poker icon, terrible initiative. I guess that sort of explains itself. It's something connected to poker where someone's been either created a charity or done a huge amount of charity work. Uh, GPI award of merit. Yeah, what's that one? I suppose. And the hand in mind. I mean, award. it's. I mean, I guess you could, we can. You know, we can consider that like a lifetime achievement award. You know. You know. If you know. Uh, you know, the winners in the past have definitely, definitely fit in that category, you know, and, you know, I kind of, you know, it's definitely like, you know, one of the big, you know, one of the big names thing, you know, like, I think it was Maury Eskandarian was a winner in the past uh, with Mike Sexton, you know, if, if individuals of that ilk, you know, that, have, that are that are basically at the top of the, you know, that are the top of the poker community, as it were. So I, I would expect, you know, again, I don't know the winners and, you know, I'll be, I'll be surprised everyone else on Friday night and that when uh, those all those winners are announced okay so they are keeping those a secret until the day is that right yeah 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 i i i honestly don't know i don't know the award winners and i'm not trying to be trying to be funny and say i'm i'm gonna leak them or whatever but i i don't know them personally that's it i know i know if you if you could have leaked them you would have i appreciate it i was trying to consider it yes for (laughs) for the right for the right price Um, okay, finally, guys, that was our GPI chat for now. I want to give a plug to the Spring Championship of Online Poker. That's on UniBest. We launched the Spring Poker Championship. It started on Sunday, and it will be running for about a fortnight, ending on March 13th. It's got a great schedule, thanks to Andy Payton, with the usual leaderboards. But beyond that, and the added money attached with that, the series is also giving players the opportunity to play poker against chess goat Magnus Carlsen. Darrell, what did you think when you read that? Yeah, I actually played against Magnus yesterday and I I, I got uh, a message from one student who was like, he might be good at chess, but he seems pretty ter- he seems pretty clueless at poker. So it's it is great to see people able to uh maybe see see Magnus play a game that he's maybe not not amazing at. Yeah, I think it was Barney who said to me when I tweeted out, you want to play uh, poker against chess goat Magnus Carlson? He said, I'd rather play someone who wasn't very good at Connect Four. <laughs> <laughs> which was a cute one but uh look in the summer of 2022 carlson announced on his award never been even nominated unibet podcast he would not defend his world title a decision which sent shockwaves frankly through the chess world uh he, some people speculated myself included that he might be about to put some more effort and time into his poker game a speculation immediately backed up by his presence at the world series and then i think while he was out there in vegas he played some live stream games as well Darren magnus's presence on sunday and we hope on future spring poker championship tourneys certainly just suggest that he's keen. I do agree with you. I watched a live stream with the man and his strategic analysis was not very sharp, but he certainly has a kind of a general level of aggression. He knows the game. He understands a decent amount. Oh yeah. You assume if he puts any real work into it, he'll get, he'll, he'll get very good because it's not just chess. He's good at, he's apparently very, very good at fantasy as well. Um, so I think any strategy game he's likely to do very well. I did tune in to, uh, to the stream he was doing with Monica yesterday. Um, 
largely I have to say because Monica put a horrendous beat on me just before the break so I was able to tune in to see her very sheepishly apologizing to me on the screen <laughs> uh, she missed I opened aces under the gun and she misclicked thinking it had been unopened with King Jack suited and uh, yeah ended up uh, hitting trips but uh, thankfully it was in the five dollar game she I also woke up this morning to another apology from Monica so uh, <laughs> prop, props to Monica for being for being uh very very honest about that um in a five quid game she yeah if you're going to take apologies. a bad beat absolutely the not way to do it is to is to lose to someone as lovely as Monica in a five euro game that's how well trained you have people around you Dara like someone dogs you for a fiver and you get two apologies <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah proper order so I knew Monica was a yeah Monica's always been a star she is. She's fantastic. Well, look, speaking of Monica, give a shout out to that stream she did with Magnus. He was around for the first maybe two, two and a half hours of it. The Spielhagen Poker Twitch channel. If you're a fan of Magnus or a fan of Monica's, check out that broadcast. You can watch it on a replay there on Twitch. It remains for me to thank our special guest this week, Kevin Mathers. As always, a pleasure to be on with you, gentlemen, and I look forward to seeing you guys this summer, hopefully. Thank you very much. I think our uh, podcast about the GPIs has lasted around about the same amount of time as the GPIs themselves will last. So, uh, you know, I think we've we've done them to death, it's fair to say. Dara, thank you too. Yeah, thank you, David. I had a feeling this one was going to go long, l- run long because there's nothing you like talking about more than awards. Um, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's reached the point where we are now into my playing session. So I've been constantly looking off to the side here, trying to work <laughs> out what to do with Ace 2 on the button. Um, so I'm, I'm, glad limp, we're, I'm, I'm glad we're finished. <laughs> well, good luck with your session, Dara. And thank you again, Kevin. Thank you.